This is a podcast from Partnerships for Wellbeing. Hello and welcome to Ways to Wellbeing, coming to you from the global headquarters of our lovely charity here in Inverness, Partnerships for Wellbeing. Yes, and he is Jeff Szynski. I am. And I'm Nicola McKenzie. She is. <laughs> and this podcast gets sent direct to all of our volunteers and supporters here in the Highlands. And it's also available wherever you get your podcast from. That's what they say. That keep, is what they say. Keep it cheesy. <laughs> like and subscribe. <laughs> yes, right. So um, what we like to do is keep you up to date with what's happening at the charity and also talk to an inspirational guest or two. Yeah. But before we introduce you to this week's guest, we should really talk about the amazing response that we've yeah. had from our new wheelchair accessible vehicle. It is absolutely amazing, isn't it? I mean, some of the calls we've been getting at this stage, and we are still at the pilot stage of this. We're still training the uh, drivers to use the car and operate the the ramp and the winch. You've been getting training yourself. Yeah, yeah, I have had training. It's really interesting, actually. And it's, um, yeah, it's it's quite a straightforward process. It's just practicing, I guess. But after the training, I feel really comfortable with it. So it's good, yeah. Yeah. And uh, the calls have been, I mean, they have been heartbreaking. Yeah, essentially. I mean, you know, the amount of calls that we've been getting from people who, who are locked down, you know, they can't get out because there's not, transport available for them and it's just so heartbreaking isn't it we've been really inundated with calls haven't we I don't think we realized we knew there was a demand but I don't think we realized the scale yeah, of that demand I know um and even the BBC BBC News have, have been here filming because it's become a news story yeah I know you should expect to see that very soon actually yes you might, might even see me unless I'm on the cutting room floor <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we're moving as fast as we can to um, get all the drivers trained, uh, keep the car on the road as often uh, as possible. And we really need, as we always say, more drivers. Yeah, we're actually, yeah, we're really desperate for the drivers. Um, if you have any spare time at all, a morning, a week, an afternoon, a week, every other week, please do get in touch because, yeah, we're, we're putting quite a lot of pressure on our existing volunteers who are brilliant but um with another third with a third vehicle here we've got to ramp it up with the volunteers yes so please get in touch if you can help at all yes just a couple of hours a week would be would be great fantastic anyway let's change the subject for a moment uh are you are you a betting gal <laughs> i don't think i've ever like said that about myself but i've um dabbled now and then i suppose yeah you're a big golf fan aren't you i am a big golf fan so yeah. do you have a wee flutter on the masters oh how did you know yes um yes I do I think it sort of it keeps me interested I, I love golf but um yeah putting a wee bet on for the weekend uh yeah it keeps me keeps me interested in the in the match and also I'm very lucky you've been lucky yeah really lucky to the point that actually my sister if she was ever to put on a bet she says to me oh who would you go for because you always win some money but it's that sort of luck and that sort of beginner's luck and that thrill that is dangerous, really, uh, isn't no, it? No, beginner's luck. See, I was, I bet on a horse race. I don't know how I told you this, but I might have bragged <laughs> slightly. At the end of last year, I was invited, uh, I was in Wales, and I was invited to a horse race uh, at the racetrack by uh, Carol Vorderman. Ooh, oh, check yes. you she out. one of those corporate tables. We were wind and dined and wow. then we um, went out to see the horses meet the owners and all of that you know and I, like you I was I, I was lucky but here's the odd thing afterwards people said to me oh is that you uh, is that you a gambler now yeah is that you addicted as if it could happen as as quickly as that and you know maybe it can because when I was a student 
I had a friend who used to spend a lot of his time in one of those casinos in Glasgow mm. late night because they gave you free food sandwiches. And he became completely addicted. And even to this day, I mean, he, he got out of it, you know, but this day he won't even toss a coin or buy a scratch card. Yeah, that's the danger like that. with addictions, isn't it? You just don't know when you're on the cusp of, you know, being out of control and it can all just happen so quickly. But um, yeah, it's just, it's scary. Which brings us nicely to our guest this week, who is coming to us live from oh, the other side of the River Ness. <laughs> uh, and it's uh, Mike Hewitt. Hello, Mike. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Nicola. Hi, good afternoon. Mike, you're based, you're based at the Citizen Advice Bureau here in Inverness, but you have a particular role in terms of uh, gambler support and supporting families. Is that right? Tell us about that. Yes, sure. We'll do, we'll do Jeff. Thanks very much. Yeah, uh, so my name's Mike Hewitt. I work for the Citizens Advice Bureau, Citizens Advice Scotland, because we're a regional team, um, gambling support service. Um, which was basically, which basically has two aims. Firstly, to support organisations to recognise gambling difficulties in their service users, for want of better words, um, or sometimes not only the gamblers themselves, but also it could be their partners, their families. We tend to call them the affected others these days. So we talk. We. Um, run training sessions and presentations for uh, um, organisations and also advise them of where they can advise their clients to go. But also uh, for myself here in Inverness, um, I have a small caseload and we suspect that will be coming bigger, becoming bigger over the next couple of years as more and more people or as more and more publicity gives the idea that there is in fact a growing gambling addiction gambling issues gambling difficulties are very much a secretive hidden addiction so with a person who may have an alcohol dependency you can possibly see that they're not always you know completely there or with a drug addiction similarly with gambling what you've actually got is something which is available to everybody uh, 24 hours a day, 365 days, 366 days a year, and you can gamble anywhere in the world. That's what's changed, isn't it? I mean, I remember as a child, gambling was something that was dirty wee bookie shops, you know, and people didn't really talk about it, but somebody would nip down and maybe put on a bet for your dad or your uncle or something like that. The only other time you heard about it was on the television when they, they gave out the prices to the horses and things like that. But now we think of gambling, we've been talking about sports and things like that, but it's scratch cards, it's online casinos, it's everywhere now, isn't it? Yeah, and in fact, if I'd give you an extreme end story, it would be about an 82-year-old elderly lady who had some money free or came into some money, let me put it that way. And she played online bingo. And within a week, she'd lost £81,000. Oh my goodness me. Oh, wow. Whether that's pure gambling or whether it's not understanding the rules or whatever, we don't know. But that is just a dynamic. I mean, the other, the youngest case I've heard of somebody being prompted to take up gambling is a child of age four. And the way they became a hardened gambler. Goodness. And what happened with them was 
my their account was they used to watch the horse racing with their their parents and he then started tracking the leading horse till it got to the winning post and got him a sense of achievement so and he puts his hardened gambling down to that mate you use the term gambling harms which seems quite a clinical expression in many ways what are we talking about we're we talking about families being destroyed that kind of thing we're talking the whole lot there, uh, there Jeff. Yes. Um, gambling harms, very... When it used to just be focusing on the gambler, it was just that one person who attracted all the focus. It's now been recognised that probably for each hardened gambler with a problem, there are six to ten other people affected or ten to, six to ten other entities affected. So that could be partners. It could be children in the relationship. It could be the police because it uh, becomes into an issue of domestic violence or theft for money, bankruptcies, taking the cost of accounts of law sequestration. Um, we could be talking absenteeism, welfare services, social security benefits, benefit system, uh, any other charities. So it's the effect on all of society. But they reckon that the total cost of all of that affected issues with gamblers in the country could actually be up to 1.16 billion pounds so oh my goodness it's just 1.16 billion pounds yes 1.16 there are there are some amounts depending on how it's calculated locally but the institute of public policy research in 2018 actually calculated it could be a figure of up to 1.16 billion Wow. wow it's just such a massive problem mike how do we how do we help you know how do you go about helping somebody that's found themselves in that situation or the family member of somebody who has it can be very difficult to know whether there is a gambling harms issue going on or it's something else and certainly some of the symptoms could be the same of alcoholism uh, for want of better words drug dependency etc drug misuse but I think the first thing is to speak to people and to have an idea if there is something going on and if there are some of the classics, um, you know, persons short of money, they're having to use food bank money is a big issue. It is just asking or suggesting to them that they either come and see us and I wouldn't necessarily even go down the line of gambling arms. You may have suspicion, but just get your, is there something that the Citizens Advice Bureau can do? They have access to ways to actually to work through your problems. I mean, we have money advisors here. We have myself as gambling support. We have benefits, uh, benefit advisors. We have housing advisors. Any of that, that you know, if this, if that could help. In that case, it really is a please direct them to us. And if somebody, once somebody has um, has been identified as having a, a problem, and they do get referred to you yourself. What is the process? How do you go about helping them? Right, thank you. Um, because what we would do, or what I do, is we'd have a chat. Uh, we'd talk about their circumstances and so on and so forth. Not particularly any rush about it, but just to work through the issues. What are the problems? If they have been gambling, what have they been gambling on? Is it online bingo, online stocks, horses, bookies, whatever? Um, I would also... A lot of work has been done by Gamble Aware and it's ITRB Gamble Aware, the charity. And they have come up with, Gamble Aware has come up with a range of screening tools. And they're not 
these not necessarily these in-depth psychometric um, experiences. It's nothing to be frightened of. It basically will ask, you know, have you spent more than you could afford to lose? Have how do you think you've got a problem? Have you ever felt guilty? Just three questions. And depending on that, uh, we, we talk through what it is that the person needs. And we would then either refer them to one of the formal gambling charities. So again, we're talking a charity like GamCare, which is uh, across the United Kingdom, or we could be talking more local for counselling, um, namely RCA Trust, which has got a spin-off in Inverness and the Highlands at Addictions Counselling Inverness. We could also be talking about if they're gambling online, there is, there is plenty of anti or online anti-gambling software that is available to people. So one called Gamban, when, and if one uses one channel, one can actually get that to block 15 machines for up to five years. So there are, there are a lot of options out there that can, that can be used. Mike, it's great to talk to you. I mean, we're signposting the people who watch this to you. Um, you're signposting the people to agencies that can that can mm. help, and that's really what we're trying to do with these um, podcasts. If you don't mind, we'd like to make uh, make a wee bit more personal with you uh, at the moment. I've got before we do our our famous five ways to wellbeing challenge. There's a question in my mind. I don't know if it's cruel to ask you, but do you bet? I haven't bet. I, I would say something I come close to, but I, I haven't bet in a long in a long time. Um, yes, used to main, mainly slot machines in pubs, um, but yeah, I then had to look after the kids and the family. But the nearest I've come to gambling, to be honest, and not a lot of people would see it as such, but it's still the same chemical processes is I used to smoke. In fact, I smoked for 45 years. And <laughs> I think I just got to the point with, hmm, you're getting a bit older. Uh, you've got a family here. Um, you know, how, just how long do you want to be around for? So I, I gave up about three years ago. Well, you talked about smoking, which is very much part of your physical well-being, and congratulations yeah. on giving it up, by the way. But now we're going to have to subject you to something even worse, which is our <laughs> NHS approved five ways to wellbeing challenge. And I'll hand you over now to the care of my colleague here, Nicola. Thank you. So, Nicola. Mike, I'm going to ask you five questions. Okay. <laughs> if five you questions. could, um, give, yeah, if you could give me an example of each of those that um, you've done in the past week or so. Okay. So, right. the first one is connecting with others. Connecting with others, probably, I mean, to me, that's very much about listening to people and be, being in the same mental space as they are. Uh, a lot of my background for the last 35 years has been in training and learning and development. And so I really do try and, try and get into people's heads as much as possible. And as somebody once said, there is always something to learn. Everybody's got something important to say. So... Um, that's what I'll always, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll be content with that one. Well, I think we can give Mike that point because I can vouch for him in this. Because not only did he connect with me prior to us inviting him on uh, the, the podcast here, but he's part of a community council here in Inverness, and that's how I first met Mike. So he's very much a connecting kind of a person. 
Yes. Yep. One point. One point already. <laughs> Can you give us an example of a time you've been physically active in the past week? Taking the dog out every morning for a nice walk. Yeah. That's the oh, sole reason perfect. I have. That's the sole reason I had for getting the dog. I've got I carry too much weight. I need to get out and walk it off. <laughs> <laughs> now, wait a minute. How, before we give them the point, how long are these dog walks? They usually are. They usually are about about an hour or an hour and a bit, actually. So Ah, we'll give you that. Okay, we'll give you that point too. (laughs) Thank you. Have you learnt a new skill in the past week? A new skill—that's a difficult one. I've learnt. I have learnt things. I have learnt material from the web, um, and there's always research to do here. But uh, a new skill. I learned how to juggle once. Uh, you know, you got me stumped on that one. You got me stumped on that yeah, one. I can't give one for the last yeah. I'm always joyful when we can't give a point because <laughs> we have to give you a prize at the end of this if you win, so I keep the prize. <laughs> <laughs> Two more questions. Can you give yeah. us an example of a time that you've given to others in the past week? Have you been kind, Mike? Have we been kind? Oh, yes. I, th- I think this is where we have to talk about, uh, yeah, uh, help it helping one's kids out actually. Uh, one's just taken on a on a house in Nairn, and he, need, he, he needs to be tied over, and so on. He's got family, you know, and so it was birthday presents and practical birthday presents and looking after his kids and those sort of things. Ah, brilliant! Another point for you. Well, you see, Nicole and I always disagree on this. You <laughs> see, because I think when it comes to your family, you've got an obligation. I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I think you being kind to your family definitely deserves a point, Mike. Oh, okay. Thank you very okay. much. Grudgingly, grudgingly, <laughs> I'll give you it. Last question. This last question is a bit about mindfulness um, and whether you've been paying paying attention to the present moment in the past week. Yes. For me, one of the times I enjoy is actually going out with the dog, but it's also listening to the bird song. That you actually get up yeah. and I really would say, and this is not just a curry favour, but I really do. Compared to where I come from, the southeast, you have so much lovely countryside and birdsong up here. There is stuff that I haven't seen. It's my little piece of heaven up here. It really is. How long have you been here, Mike? Uh, three years next week. So, uh, yeah, came up from came up from the uh, came up from the south. Um, I retired. Or occupationally retired. Uh, the three lads, our three lads and their families were already up here. Uh, one had come across from Latvia. Um, the other two had just found it too difficult to live in the southeast. And so they came up and so we followed them up afterwards. Um, they're in at the time they were Dingwall, Och, and Nairn. And so we thought, well, Inverness is like on a radius, equal radius for all three uh, for the child money and uh well <laughs> now move to the crown but uh it's beautiful it's beautiful people up here i really don't know how lucky they are they really really is lovely no oh, that's quite the advert for the highlands yes isn't it? and you've been very lucky because you've won our Ray. to well-being fridge magnet right i will deliver that the good thing about you being in town, I'll deliver that magnet uh, personally <laughs> and it'll save me a stamp. So, <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, Mike. That's a pleasure, so, Nick. That's uh, a pleasure, Jeff. Thank you very much. Thank you. 
I'll go mute now. Thank you, mate. So that's it for this episode of the podcast, Ways to Wellbeing. We'll be back quite soon. And I think next time we might be talking about books. Is that right? Yes, yes. Books and walking. Books and walking all in one uh, fell swoop. So uh, from me, Jeff Sosinski. And me, Nicola McKenzie. Bye for now. Bye. Ways to Wellbeing is produced in Inverness, Scotland by Partnerships for Wellbeing, a registered charity. To find out more about our services, go to p4w.org.uk.